0: Internet and welcome to the final, final podcast in our 2016 EU LCS pre uh, spring splits preview. My name is Walter c Fedcheck Fedchek. Joining me, as always, is my friend Chase Redshirt King Wassenar. How are you doing today, Chase? Well, I have mixed
1: feelings. Um, we saved this team for last, mostly because. It took me a long time to come to terms with it. I have a lot of strong feelings. Uh, obviously, this is my favorite European team. I have been a professed fan for the entirety of the time that I've been doing this podcast, the whole two plus years that I've been doing it. And uh, yeah, I have, I have a lot of strong feelings. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about
0: it, but not excited about the things that I'll have to talk about if that's how it goes. Well, well, to help lessen the pain and to give you a a partner here in, in kind of dealing with with this this dirge, I guess that that is probably playing in your head. We're bringing in your good friend Adele Schwedria from Azubu. Adele, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great today, uh, except maybe for part of the things about Rokat. Well, of course, I'm probably a lot more cheerful about it than Chase, but. At some point, I think I'm going to join on, like, the five stages of grief.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is the thing, right? Like, we need you to be Mr. Optimistic, because I am firmly in the depression stage of the five stages of grief. And we're going to need some uplifting here a little (laughs) bit, at the very least.
0: Well, as Adele said, we are going to be discussing Team Rocket today. And Rocket, unfortunately, has no players remaining from their almost... World Championship, I gotta dig the knife in a little bit deeper there on you, Chase. But almost World Championship spot out of Europe. Instead, they are running with this kind of ragtag lineup that includes Freddy122, formerly of SK Gaming in the top lane, Airwalks, formerly of Copenhagen Wolves in the jungle, Betsy from Gambit Gaming in the mid lane, Safir, also known as Jeebus, and he was formerly of Renegades from the North American Challenger series. And once again, renaming himself, Edward, the support that was of formerly also of Gambit Gaming. Chase, let let's let's just start right with you. When you look at this roster, what what are your first thoughts?
1: Well, my first thought is at least I'm not an impulse fan. Like that's <laughs> that's the comparison that I need to make me feel better. Like that's it's one of those things. It's the same way I feel whenever I watch the Falcons on Sunday. And my dad's like, I hate this team. I don't know why we're a fan. I'm like, well, we could be Browns fans, you know, so we've got that, you know, it's, it's those little incremental things. But honestly, I I see a team that has three guys who we kind of know who they are and who they are hasn't really impressed me in season five. And then we have two guys who I'm not entirely sure what we're going to get from them, but they're guys that many teams have had opportunities on and have purposely let go. So I don't know if Hat just sees something in these guys that we don't or that other organizations haven't, but it does worry me just how many of these guys were basically available for nothing at the last second as they had to scramble to put a team together. Uh, I am not... Let, let's call me unconvinced at this point.
2: I'm um, actually a lot more convinced on one of their subs if he turns up big like he did in season 3 or even before season 3 back in his um like back in season 2 actually I'm looking at extinct here and so back then he was actually a terror especially on ninjas in pajamas before he had to go on his retirement for personal reasons when he went away ninjas in pajamas just went downhill
1: yeah no it was a it was a team that I think really there were a lot of interesting things about that ninjas in pajamas roster but I don't know so far Rockette has said that they don't plan on putting extinct in they need two subs and they say that they have faith in Betsy I kind of hope that you're right because I would have a lot more fun cheering for extinct than I will have for Betsy at this I, point I, I think
0: I think it says a little something about the team when the player you're most excited for is listed as one of their substitutes and hasn't played (laughs) in like three years. (laughs) But there is a a storyline hidden in, in this pack of misfits that I think is particularly interesting. And I think it centers around Safir. And now that he has finally made it into the LCS, he finally has really a good solid chance here. Is there a chance that he kind of establishes himself into the upper echelon of AD carries in in Europe? Adele, what what do you think?
2: So I think already like AD carries, we've noticed kind of depend a lot on their teammates doing well. And you have two ways of looking at it. Maybe is Zephyr going to get the Copenhagen Wolves-like thingy? that Freeze got for a long time or maybe even the ninjas in pajamas in the 2014 summer split like all of those misadventures that Freeze had to go through just because everything around him was not going too well or are you going to get everyone clicking and all of a sudden Sephir transforms into Nils aka Ven, as we're going to get to know him throughout the split that's the question that I have as far as Sephir is concerned mechanically, he's really good. And maybe I'm going to put him like, I haven't seen him be the forgiven type quite yet, but I think he's going to get to that tier if he develops well enough. How about you, Chase?
1: Well, it's it's interesting, right? Because I think, you know, as you said, so much of being an eighty carry is what you have around you. And I was very unimpressed by what we saw from Edward last split, especially he was Gosu Pepper at the time. I just didn't ever feel like he was the guy that we had come to know and love back in the prime of Gambit. He just seemed to step behind on some of these fights. He didn't seem to have the same kind of laning presence. There was no Thresh Prince kind of moment where you just looked and said, oh, that's Edward, he's back, he's still around. You know, It, it, just, it really felt and looked like a guy who had his best games behind him. And I don't blame him for that. It's it's hard to stay at the level that, you know, someone like a, a Yellow Star has somehow been able to sustain as long as he has, you know. It, Edward's been around. And what that does for Safir is it, it puts him in a very difficult spot because the strength that has made him so great when we've actually gotten to see him play, and we only got to see him play four times in the North American Challenger Series last year. But he had an 18 CS advantage on average at 10 minutes. That's amazing. Obviously, that's not sustainable over a long period of time. But basically, that's just saying his mechanics are just so much better than the guys he was playing on a challenger level. He was just a downright bully in the laning stage. And, and that's you know what you think about when you think about this guy. He is a bully in a lot of those ways. But can he translate it? into the mid to late game so far he struggled with that he struggled to get some of the kills he struggled to avoid some deaths that he didn't need to take uh that transition's been a little bit hard and some of that's being on a challenger roster that still needed some time to figure it out and certainly there's a reason renegades let him go it didn't seem like he was a very good fit for them at the end of the day but at the same time is he gonna be a better fit here? Is Edward gonna be the guy that helps him figure this out? I'm unconvinced of that. Uh, I, I think that he's going to develop into a great 80 carry at some point in his career. I don't I'm not sure if it's here.
0: Well, we as Sephir is this is kind of his first shot at establishing himself in the LCS. He's played on a couple of challenger teams and really hasn't gotten a, a good chance to be on the main stage. But there is a player on this team that has though not as long as some others, and and that's Betsy, who had a very kind of up and down career in Gambit that had a very, very high start, and then sort of has kind of petered off uh, as Gambit, you know, fell towards relegation and, and just barely surviving and eventually selling their spot to vitality. So the question I pose to you two is, can Betsy become the mid laner that we thought he would be when he first kind of erupted onto the scene and and pushed Nick, uh, Nick out of the, the starting position for Gambit?
1: Well, I'd say the question I have is, you know, what is Betsy good at? If you were to, you know, write down, you know, in, in a long form article, like break it down, what is Betsy great at? Is it grabbing kills? No, he was ninth in kills amongst the mid laners. Didn't have a lot of kill pressure, uh, never really put his lane opponent off the edge, and wasn't necessarily a teamfight monster in that regard. Uh, was it assists? No, he was only 7th in that. Um, he wasn't really known to be a roaming guy, as a general rule. Uh, was it avoiding deaths, at the very least? No. He died the 3rd most amongst mid laners in the league. So, maybe it was a uh, laning phase. Well, he did have the 5th best uh, farming at 10 minutes, but at the same time, he was actually ninth in gold differential at 10 minutes, which means he was getting an early lead, but probably giving up an early kill too, which is something we saw because he would get so greedy when it came to some of those early farming stuff. So, you know, and then CS per minute, damage per minute, uh, effective gold per minute, uh, all these stats are not positive. Uh, it's It's rough. It's rough to really pin down what Betsy is going to do other than just fill that mid-lane role and hope that it doesn't hurt you, which is why I think, you know, Adele made that great point earlier about Extinct might be, you know, the most exciting guy on this roster because at least there, there's some upside. With Betsy, I think he is, you know, slightly below average for European mid-laners. I don't think he's terrible. I don't think any of these numbers are, are damning numbers. I just don't think he's anything impressive i don't think there's a skill set that just jumps out like that uh whereas with extinct maybe something could happen one day but adele what am i missing something what are you seeing something in betsy that maybe i haven't
2: found well as far as betsy is concerned i'm more like every time i think about betsy i think about the gambit gaming that he was in mm-hmm. that gambit gaming had probably one of the best top laners in europe And lots of gold went that way. Lots of ganks went that way. Gambit invested a lot of things that way, I think. Mm -hmm. Maybe also a little bit in the bottom lane just to stabilize that as well. But Betsy, I don't know. I just think he's a solid insurance policy. But I don't know what would happen exactly if you had, say, Airwax going his way, ganking. Like, if Betsy could set that up... How he would parlay that. Of course, like, early on in the Spring Split, I think, he was actually doing pretty well on just some assassins. Of course, well, LeBlanc gets nerfed and everything just changes. But let's just talk about Extinct. If he comes back, maybe he could just swap back and forth with Betsy depending on matchups, or maybe just take his pot. But right now, I'm just... Really on the fence as far as Betsy. Yes, he's going to follow the team's play calls because he's more of a doer than like shot calling. But as f- but anything else, I just don't know.
0: Well, much like Betsy's kind of on the fence, and, and I would agree with that point. I, I I'm not sure that we've 100% determined who he is uh, because the 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 summer split of Gambit seems so much different than the. The spring split in terms of their their play style in terms of not quite understanding the meta diamond certainly played much worse in the in the the summer split than he did this spring but you bring this point of airwalks and the other two veterans that are on this team and freddie122 and, and edward and and my biggest fear for this roster is are those three players just just no longer lcs capable are they just no longer good enough to be in the lcs because obviously Airwax went out when Copenhagen Wolves got relegated. Edward was definitely a shell of his former self last split. And Freddy for SK, after you know being monstrous at Worlds, pretty much disappeared off the face of the earth when it came to being a, a good top laner.
2: I think as far as the issue at hand, as far as the veterans, when I say veterans, I'm mostly looking at Edward and Freddy because I think Airwax has yet to become a veteran. He has yet to develop. He has yet to show what he can do. And that's mostly because the Copenhagen Wolves did not necessarily give him that opportunity. He was surrounded with other veterans, with other people who would do shot calls. He he had Unlimited doing shot calling, I think. But as far as Airwax is concerned, he's not like Svenskeren. He's, not, he's He doesn't have those... Instincts, kind of that could turn the game around or maybe we just did not see them because he was not on the right team is this the right team i don't know well edwards still can shot call but this time around he's going to be the main voice on this team kind of forced to be actually unless airwax somehow develops that voice and just starts blasting shot calls but edward's for once, is going to be that lone voice. And I think that bodes pretty well for Safir, especially if Edward calls the right stuff. Now, is that enough? I don't know which Freddy we're going to get. But if we get the Freddy of 2014, if we get the Freddy that was parlaying good duels into like just monster takeovers back in 2014 with SK Gaming, who was commanding a lot of presence uh, presence in the top lane especially with the current champion pool up top, then maybe there is hope. But if not, I think Doom awaits.
1: Yeah, that's I, I'm right there with you on that. Freddy has been so inconsistent over the past year, uh, and his summer stats are atrocious across the board. Uh, there's, I, I mean, I could read them all out, but I'm just going to get sadder and sadder as I go through them. So... I'll just have you, you know, take my word for it. Go to Oracle's Elixir if you want to see for yourself. But it goes downhill from the 2.4 KDA. I'll put it that way. The guy just couldn't make plays happen, even in a situation where the team desperately needed him to. Even in a situation where, unlike the spring where they had forgiven, at least there was a reason they were funneling things into that bot lane, they would have loved for Freddy122 to be a carry. He actually, you know... Gold percentage-wise was treated like some of the better top laners. He wasn't starving for resources; he just couldn't do anything with them, and that's really worrying for me. And as far as Edward goes on the shot calling, uh, I appreciate his veteran presence. Uh, obviously, there are intangibles that are really hard to pin down. Uh, I did not find Gambit shot calling towards the end of summer to be particularly strong. Obviously, Diamond played a part in that, I'm sure. Uh, Diamond and Edward usually kind of bounced off each other in terms of this. He does not have a diamond this time around. I can't say for sure which one of those two parts was the one that was struggling. What I can say is Edward had the 10th best KDA amongst supports at 1.9. He died more than any other support. He was 11th in kill participation. That sucks. Uh, all of that is not what I want to see from a guy that's going to have to take this young 80 carry and mold him into an eventual star. That's not where I want to be. Uh, his ward placement's great. His ward clear is great. Maybe he gets the vision such that guys like Betsy and Safir and Airwalks are being able to make better plays than some of the riskier ones they've made in their past. But mechanically, this team is lacking. And that's a problem when you have – that. that just, it just puts so much pressure on Sofia and Betsy to step up in a way they haven't in the past when Freddie and Edward are just not putting it together from a mechanical
0: perspective. Well, with all this negativity from you, Chase, it, it comes as no surprise as we don't get a crystal ball from you, but there's that gumshoe music. There, there, there's a conspiracy afoot, Chase. It's fun to be on the other side, but what, what do you got for me? What is this conspiracy you're coming up with? Well, you know, I've
1: have, I have known Fly for a little while now. I, I, I met the guy several times while I've been going over in Europe doing interviews, and I know how much he loves his team. But more specifically, I know how much he loves his players. You know, whenever you talk to him, you know, they're, they're his kids is how he'd call them. You know, he'd he'd leave a party, you know, early in the night when everyone else is going out and in, you know, whatever, because he's got to take his kids home and make sure they're okay. Because they don't, you know, it was, he, he'd had that kind of instinct with them. And we saw on October 30th, 2015, Duck Yankos, Vander were all re-signed. And obviously none of them are on this team now. And I think that that's, less because of some crazy buyout or some incredible you know, bid that was made and more because Fly's the kind of guy that would look at the situation that you know Yankos and Vander had on H2K to really achieve all the stuff that they'd been working for and saw that that's something that they wanted to pursue. And he wanted what was best for those guys rather than what was best for the Orc. That is something I could totally see happening. Uh, even if it hurts him. I, that's And that's the reason I'm still a Rockat fan, is because that's the kind of guy and the kind of decision that I think he would make. Uh, is that the smartest decision for his org? Hell no! We could have had Vander nuked, uh, and Yankos back. I would take that any day of the week. And as a fan, it sucks to see all those guys gone. I don't want to root for half the guys on this roster. I don't have anything invested in them. But I think that at the end of the day, if he had to choose between keeping those guys... Locked into whatever contract he'd signed them on, and knowing that they could have had an opportunity to to follow their dream whatever they had elsewhere, and and, you know, letting them go and letting them do that when the opportunity made the most sense for him, I think he's gonna do the latter every time. And it's one of the reasons I love that team, it's one of the reasons why this offseason's so bittersweet, because I get to watch Yankos and Vander do all the things I always wanted them to do on this H two gaming team that's going to be amazing. And I just wish that we'd found a way to do it for him on Rocket. And I think Fly realized that he couldn't, and that's why they're gone.
0: Well, that's that's one heck of a conspiracy. And and if that would be if that was true, uh, that'd be you know really really kind of of, of Fly to do. I want to I, I want to paint the nice story. Can you tell how much <laughs> I want this to be a
1: nice story so I could at least go to bed at night and be like, well, I did it for the right reasons. You know, it was they're they're in a better place. Like I need to believe this narrative. Uh, so, so, believe me, I am colored as hell when I make that particular story. But that's the one I'm going to tell myself
0: until proven otherwise. Well, with that being said, something's going to happen with this team, and they're going to end up someplace in the standings of the European LCS. Adele, where do you think this team ends up? What is your final prediction about Team Rocket?
2: So, as far as I think, if... By some miracle, or... Because the meta allows it... Airwax finds his way, finally. Freddy uses the champions well... And ends up being a terror... Which would pull junglers away from the bottom lane... Which would allow Zephyr and Edward... To do whatever they want... Dominate bot lane... If they have the opportunity... Then poly that into like just map control... And if Betsy holds his own... We got ourselves a team in the playoffs. But aren't I thinking about too many check marks to cross here? Mm -hmm. That's the thing that I'm concerned about. I kind of wanted to add about Fly. I don't think he wanted to be in such a situation where he would have to part with um, Jankos and Vander. Mm -hmm. Especially since, I mean, he's been around them for a long time. I think he wanted to go to Worlds more so, but I don't know if this is the team that could go to Worlds. I don't know if... Well, I do think this team could, at the very least, do better than Elements, who are, (laughs) I think, a lot more inexperienced. And by... Well, definitely a lot more inexperienced, especially when you have Airwax, Betsy, Edward, and Freddie, who have visited the playoffs recently. I'm just concerned... Has EU become much stronger than this team has been on paper?
1: Yeah, and that's that's where I end up is is exactly what you said. There are too many things that have to break the right way, and it's not just all those things going right. It's that other things have to go wrong for teams like Splice and G two that are infusing so much new talent. That's you know a very exciting, uh, and you know you need teams like like Giants like vitality like unicorns of love to all fall off to such an extent that you could make your way up and i don't see that i i want to see that because i want to believe in this rocket team this team feels like eighth place to me it's just it feels like a team that is not quite so bad that they would ever be in danger of auto-relegated, they'll win some games against some of the lower teams because, you know, Betsy will have a game or two, Safir will have a game or two. I just, I find it really hard to believe that there's going to be consistency, especially, you know, amongst veterans. Once you tend to lose it, it's hard to get it back. And we have some veterans on this team that just really look like they just lost what they had when they started their career. And I find it hard to believe that, you know, we're going to have... Two guys make big bounce backs. Two guys develop perfectly as, you know, as young players becoming these new stars. And then, you know, whatever you get from Betsy kind of in between. That's, it's too much for me to put my faith in, but I'll be rooting for them every week regardless. I will absolutely be putting on my, uh, my At hat or whatever I get merchandise wise, uh, Thursday and Friday, I will be rooting <laughs> for this team.
0: I I make bad decisions about my fan choices. You guys can do better than me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at the end, I I kind of agree with those points. I think that this team is probably a a, a relegation slash seven seed team. Uh, I'm just personally excited to see Airwalks because any chance I get to see a Jungle Yorick just makes me super happy. I love (laughs) Jungle Yorick. I love it. Love it. So hopefully I get to see it this year. Uh, But we're going to... Kind of head out here, Adele. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to plug on your way out?
2: Uh, so just follow if you really want to tune in as far as um, anything that I would do. Just follow me on Twitter, Adele Schwedria, or on the ZUBU.
0: All right, and for that chase, that's a podcast, and that is the last podcast of our 2016 EU Spring Split Team previews and. Unfortunately we ended on a sad note for you, but I think uh I think I can say for both of us that we're both excited for the uh for the spring split.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and it did help to have Adele here. It really uh helped balance some of my feelings on it. I got to I got to have my nice, you know, Yankos and Vander going out to the farm in the country where they're gonna run around and be happy together, you know. I got that story out there. So, you know, it could be it could be worse. But here's the thing, Walter, at the end of the day. You know, we, you know this series of podcasts is over, but we have the Guess the Lines podcast in like three days, so there's still plenty to do in our Power Rankings articles and everything else. We've got so much to look forward to this LCS season, and as much fun as previewing it has been, I think we're going to have even more fun uh, breaking it down week after week.
0: I 100% agree. I absolutely can't wait to kick your ass again in gambling, <laughs> just like I did over the World Championship. Uh, But from both of us and from Adele, you can follow myself at C80s underscore LOL. Chase, where can the good people find you? I am at King, And you can find all of our podcasts, including all the North American Preview podcasts. We just released Rick Fox's Echo Fox team today, Frogin' in North America. That's going to be fun. You can catch all of those at SoundCloud underneath the Esports Gambling Hour or on iTunes, also under the eSports Gambling Hour. We'll see you guys in a few days with our very first edition of the Guest Alliance podcast. This time, it's Europe. We'll see you guys then.
2: Goodbye.